welcome the Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to be talking about basketball as <laughs> and the number four, apparently four, 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 oh, sure. four as we discuss Gene Hackman in what many people proclaim to be the greatest sports movie of all time. They are, they are incorrect, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, but but it's on all these polls. I yeah, found that yeah. interesting. We can discuss that. Uh, but first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What is everybody drinking? I am going with the uh, Fortunato's Fate again, the new hey. Liberty yes. rye that's aged in sherry cast. Sherry. Four. Chinato. One of our commenters <laughs> recommended nice. that we pass this back and forth. How many times? Four times before you drink. Four you got to pass four the passes. drink back. Four yes. passes. Four now passes. take a sip. I like that. There you yeah. go. Jim very... has a themed drink. Yay! I love it. That's a first, I think. That is a first. For him. One of our commenters recommended a cocktail called the Hoosier. It, I don't know, I haven't tasted it yet, but it sounds delicious. Um, it is maple syrup, lemon juice. It's supposed to be apple cider. Didn't have that, so it's apple juice. And a rye whiskey, which we also didn't have, so it's just whiskey. The rye thing is interesting because... You would, would that think, be the right choice? No, Indiana. Indiana should be corn. It should be. Okay. It should be bourbon. The Hoosier. Okay. I highly recommend it, yeah. friends. If you've got those ingredients at home, it looks whip like yourself. Rye is like an East, East Coast thing. It is delicious. Yeah. I have it in a mason jar. Because I guess they make rye. I love that. That's amazing. Fantastic. I'm. I am drinking a River Drifter. River Drifter. Hop. That sounds like a body thing, like a dead from, body. Um, Hobbs Brewing Company. Oh, River Drifter. Yeah, that which sounds is, terrifying. That's, that's like, well, I, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a river. Drifter. Like you're down at the river fishing yeah, and there's I'm, just well, a guy who's like, fishing. I'm yeah. having a stand up paddleboard. That's well, themed as well. Cause on the river shooter is basically a river drifter. Ooh. That is true. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. And this is from well West Ossipee, New Hampshire, which Ossipee. is, I imagine Everyone. very similar to uh, Hickory, the fictitious Hickory, Indiana. Everybody's a great. Um, Great job. Oh, we love it. Love it. We're off to a good start. All right. It's time for the rundown. Beep, beep. No, I'm not, I shouldn't. Don't do, do it. Well, then you should find the music. Jane. The rundown. No. 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 Hold on. The rundown. No. That wasn't awful. No. Better. Better. Closer. Coach <laughs> loved coaching college basketball. Then he punched a player in the face and had to leave. After spending over a decade in the military on punishment, Coach is back. He's stuck in a small town that takes their ball very seriously because it's all the joy that they've got left in their souls. (laughs) Good thing, because it's the only joy left for Coach, too. Unless he can turn an old school marm's frown upside down. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. A twenty-eight-year-old old school mom or whatever. How old she do you think looks Barbara older Hershey? than her years. She oh, does. Yeah. How old she is she in that? Older than her wow, years. She was Barbara Hershey. Was it had to be in her forties? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she, she is they make too. Her, did, right? Did she yeah. go right from this to filming Beaches? Let's, I mean, let's come on. look them up. Well, be... I, I need some ages. Oh, so this was nineteen eighty-six. Is that what we said? Yeah. So it would have been filmed wanted, in eighty-five. I wanted a year on Hackman. So he's thirty. Holy Hannah. There's an eighteen-year difference between. So them. he was 56 yeah. yes. when he filmed this, and she was, do some math, 38. 38. I mean, that, okay. that's not horrible. So, I mean... Uh, she both, looks both older were, than 38. Yes. Well, they played that. <laughs> it's the Midwest. She looks older than 38. I mean, I guess that's good. They, 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 they I didn't think so. Honestly, I always... 
Did you see? I, thought- I have always thought that she, that that was an inappropriate, like oh, really? weird oh, relationship. I didn't think no. so. I thought Hackman skewed older than his character was supposed to be, but that's obviously yeah, because they wanted that's Gene not inappropriate Hackman for the character. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So. Well, all right. So it's this is not like uh, as bad as some movies no. from that time period. Absolutely not. Stretch it's not, bad. Is not, it's a- not as bad as some relationships I know about happening right now. No. Well, fine. there you go. This no. is not David Bowie in Labyrinth. No, very, no, no, no. Very clear. Uh, OK, let's grade on a scale of A plus through Chris Monero's mm-hmm. The Rookie, mm-hmm. uh, which was our last sport film. Um, where would you grade Hoosiers? You go first, Brian, your movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh wait, wait. I, before before we do that, I just want to say I think we all did. We all took our assignment of getting nostalgia movies, and we like nailed it hmm. because I think most of the people around our age, mm-hmm. there was a lot of chat around each one of our movies. I agree. I think yes, though they were personal nostalgia picks. I think they are also nostalgic of a generation. Right. Yes. Agreed. Good job, guys. Thank you. Yes, very yeah. Good. Thank you. You too. Thanks. So <laughs> I would probably say um, if, if this will probably get half a letter grade more from me because of the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think it is probably I would think B plus mm-hmm. range, uh, which is for me, yeah. probably upper middle part. But I'll give it an A minus just because I love it so much. And there are and we could get into this later. Uh very few even decent basketball movies. So if you love basketball, I think that's sports in general. Let's yeah, just say that about sports. But I feel like there's like for other sports, there's a lot more inventory to yeah. choose from. That's true. Uh, there, there's because when basketball, I'll, I'll, I'll save some of this for later, but I'll, I'll say a minus with the realization that it's probably to me closer to a B plus if this wasn't a film that had meant. A yeah. lot to me. Yeah. Well, I that's where I was going to land at the B plus. Uh I like I like living in the land of the bees. Okay. And this this feels like a, a good one. It ha- it has problems. It yeah. has some problems, oh, but course. it is a feel good movie at the end. It is. It feels is. good. It feels good. I'm going with uh, a B minus, which is basically like an A minus for Brian. <laughs> it's true. So, so like Consistent. Yeah. And we can and, and as a jumping off point for this movie, I think for me. This movie might be the closest I get to having a nostalgia film like, and I don't want to say it's like The Notebook, but that affects me in the way like The Notebook, where I am blind to a lot of the faults because of how nostalgia driven I feel about this movie. Yes, this movie uh, plays on all all of the all of the heartstrings. It tugs. It tugs the. The father-son yeah. relationship, it tugs on the, the shame, it tugs on the, the small town hero, right? Like, it is just, it's coming in, you know, last chance for salvation, yeah. and, and so and many things. Yeah, I, I just think, that for me, the, the, I tried to watch it with a more critical eye. Mm-hmm. I still was involved in every moment of the movie, like, into it. I enjoyed it a lot, but there is... The thing that this movie does, it's like the 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 main issue with like it's like the one thing you're not supposed to do in film. It's like it tells you the story rather than showing you yes. the story. Yeah. And so like whatever. We can talk about that. But but yeah. I do think, yeah, I think 
from watching oh, 140 some odd movies now for this, this technically is not one of the best films. No, most we've certainly done. Um, but I, there's just something about it that works that didn't work with the rookie. Right. Yeah. Because oh my God. As a, yep. the but, writing. But, but, no, but that's what I mean. Like the premise of these two films and, and a lot of sports movies like this, right, are fairly similar. Like this is a story that whether, you know, that was done before Hoosiers and obviously was tried to had been replicated numerous times after Hoosiers. So a lot like we talked about with the three amigos, I thought the line is really thin. Like what's funny in the three amigos, obviously Katie and Aaron thought it was funny and Jim and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, what, what makes this work more than some other films where the premise is almost the same, right? I mean, the premise of the rookie, if you're sitting there pitching it is almost the same thing, right? Like an underdog feel good story go right with yeah. it. So, so why does this connect and the rookie doesn't connect. So, so the rookie feels completely implausible. Number one, uh, there's so much in that film where you're like, what the heck is going on? Right. The nuns, the strangely unrelated storylines, the fact that this man is wearing jeans, but is somehow like one of yeah, the greatest I mean, professional very clear, right. completely. Right. So there's just unexpected. a lot of things that strike you as completely implausible. Um, this story is very plausible, right? Like it, from the get go, the notion of like a disgraced coach kind of catching a break because some friend because white privilege, one hundred percent. But it, right, it's it's a connection, it's a resource, right? Where somebody's yeah. like, let me throw you a bone, you can coach and our high school basketball team. Yeah, absolutely, based upon the yes. time period. Like a lot of this too, I found maybe it's because the time period it's set in. Like so much of the stuff that if this was done, even like the rookie, which was set in the 2000s and stuff, you're just like, I I don't know. When you put it back in that time period, you're like, yeah, I feel like some of this stuff you're willing to just brush off. That would probably happen. What's interesting is both stories are based on true stories. Am I correct? This is based on a true story. Inspired. Yeah. Inspired by a true story. This one is much more loosely based on it than the rookie. What? So again, difference they took the real story of the rookie and somehow made it even more ridiculous in the way that they told it. Like though the story itself is amazing, the real life story um, versus this, you know, the idea of a small town team with a new coach making its way to state championship. um, It that's, that is something that happens first of all. Right. Like it is it is not out of the realm of possibility. It doesn't need to be a one in a million story. It is something that folks can relate to because we've all seen it happen in some kind of a way. Yeah, I I also brought up uh, Brian and I were chatting a little bit uh, while we were um, we were early and Katie had not arrived yet. That's usual. Uh, Yeah, the use the use about the score. And there is something about the theme in this movie and Brian can can kind of give us a little bit more information about the composer and things like that but for me the pace of this movie and the score are 
there, it's, the, it's really three things that keep me interested in this movie as opposed to the rookie. The acting is a million times better from everyone involved in this movie. The score keeps it rolling and doesn't get annoying. And the pace of the editing is, is great. Yeah. The length of time. The rookie is 30 minutes too long. Well, yeah. And this, this is, is a 90 the, minute film and it's perfect. Yeah. And yeah. this is like one of the interesting stories about this movie and, and some of the problems that I was even thinking about it and rewatch. And I know, I'm not sure if Katie or Jim put it in the notes, like there's certain aspects of this film that feel rushed or you're yeah. not quite connected to it. I had never realized that's because the director and writer had a three hour cut of this film. Oh, wow. Which like fleshed out a lot yeah. of, I think, the issues that people would have. Yeah. But I th I agree. The brilliance of this movie is it just is like it just keeps you moving. Yeah. You know, and there's things that you certainly are going to sit there and question if you're looking at it and being like, well, this feels kind of off in a little bit. And then I heard it, that like there's three hour movie and some of the stuff that I had questions about, it was like some, they obviously brought an editor sure. in and was like, listen, this is what it really this doesn't story matter. Is. We're going lean to the bone with it. And I yep. think that there's a brilliance in them doing that. I think the editing is maybe underappreciated for this movie because yeah. I think they really, it just propels you through well, a story. And what, and what you're pointing out there is that the editor chose because one of our, I can't even believe we're comparing this film to the rookie. Number one, do we have yeah, no we other sports stop. film no, we that do, we can we compare do. this to? I, I, we do a few others, but we I have a league of their one, own. But, but, <laughs> a rookie was a failure and that's the what we're talking about. Why? Okay. Yes. I so want to get one into of our those other ones later with the rookie and other films is that they're trying to tell too many stories and they don't do any of them well. Right. There's a a clear decision made in this film that the story being told is about the relationships between the coach and his team. I would I would they make that decision. I would agree with that. However, but we so that is what I think that's why they don't spend much time on the actual games, right? Like no, on that, like what's actually uh, happening. There's not. They, they don't spend like any minutes. time. But, but time out. They spend very little time on the relationship of the coach with the, with the players. I disagree. And, and that's my main problem with this movie is that we never see that interaction outside of. The well, games. no, we never see anything that he's coaching come to fruition on the court. It's, oh, sure you do. No, absolutely oh, not. Oh, I think you infer. I think you That's infer. not how films work. Well, yes, yes, it is. That's how storytelling works. And so we see the amount of time he's spending in practice on specific skills. No, but that's not why they start winning. Okay. They start winning because Jimmy comes no. back to play. Yeah. And that's another huge point. No, 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 no. I Wait, no. We're not going down Keenan Road here. We're not yeah. making things up. Yep. Savior Jimmy is the worst part of this movie. Yeah. It makes no sense. They do not give a relationship with him and the coach to a point where he steps in and saves the coach from being fired. That whole scene makes no sense yeah. for that character. We don't, we don't understand so, why yeah, he's changed his like mind. That's the type of stuff. Yeah. I think they try to give you small windows of him like watching practices and the way he's treating people. Yeah, but people you don't and, get any insight to what he's thinking or believing because he's a dead face actor. Well, that's 
fair. He, but, why I, they didn't but, let the guy who played was it, I was, Roy, was it the real person? <laughs> is it Roy? <laughs> who who um the the guy that punch that throws the sucker punch? Yeah. Oh, he's great. He should have been boy. Jimmy. Oh, yeah. See, I disagree because I think a lot of the story that was cut, though, this is the problem, was more of him with Dennis Hopper. And there was more of that. So I think you might have actually needed the better actor in the role he was playing. Oh, no, not that kid. Full. Could could they have found somebody who was not like a six foot tall um, white kid who looked like he was from Indiana because it gets real confusing to keep them all. <laughs> well, they do. I had but to actually. I had I to like associate this. each one of them with some. I was like, that one looks like my cousin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one looks but like I, Matt Damon. That one. I think, but I have to say, one of the things that works about this movie is how well they did the basketball piece of it and other people were talking about like I, I i i can only talk about it from a basketball perspective uh basketball the actual basketball in movies tends to be horrible uh see the film amazing nostalgic film i almost picked teen wolf yeah oh I mean, god it's brutal. minus the wolf okay when, when i be... see people <laughs> playing high school basketball that i'm better than I but get I mean, nervous like, and that, that Teen Wolf is terrible. It. Yeah. But so this movie does. And I think part. So I think there was a trade off a little bit of that. Like some of these guys are actual division one college basketball players at that time. And they, but what's really impressive to me is they mimic the style of that time period, which is very different game yep. of basketball and, and such little so shorts I, they, okay. they, I really like the little shorts and, that was, and there yes. were a few gratuitous butt shots that i really actually the shorts probably would have been shorter than they were in this I movie know, i that, was that thinking that did they give true. them yeah. a longer in scene yeah because this, this was post jordan yeah. needed yeah. to get out of the crotch a little yeah. bit well they yeah. used to wear belts as well yeah believe it or yeah. not they would yeah. run around wearing belts i the the other thing that and this is not limited to hoosiers it's a it's a sports movie problem in general. They have a hard time telling the story of the games and they, they don't even try to do it in Hoosiers until they get to like the elimination rounds, which mm. kind of makes sense. But that first game in the elimination round, they do like a, re it, they don't yeah, even show you the score and you're supposed to feel like tension. It's really weird. And, and if, if you just let it wash over you, you feel all the right things. So, I guess it's just, it's like a success in that respect. But that that was a moment where I was like the the editing of the game footage, especially in that first like playoff game, I was like, what is happening right now? Like, is this the fourth quarter? Is this the second quarter? Like, is is this t two minutes into the game? And there, well, you see, that's where I thought uh, agreed. This movie has more montages. Oh than my I've god, ever seen in any movie? But what? I'm almost wondering to your point, Jim, where the brilliance, there's so many of yeah. them in it that you that the logic of it almost doesn't matter. And Jerry Goldsmith's theme and the way he's able to tweak it just slightly for each of those montages, it's like almost Pavlovian. You know, you like hear it and you're just like, now I'm in the game and I'm experiencing it. And you're in your less concerned at times because you're right. The things he's yelling, I mean, just as a coach, the stuff he's yelling and like the situations that are going on are, you know, yeah. kind of comical. But that honestly. to me, that's like, the, the, that's the point of this movie that I struggle with. Again, I, lo I do love this movie and I feel it, but like 
his coaching lessons never... It's not like you ever see the four-pass thing play off, ever. In fact, what seems to happen is they just do away with that. Well, that's it. Yeah, the final game is like, just get the ball to Jimmy. <laughs> no, in general, in just general, Jimmy shoot the you ball. never see them doing the four-pass method after... What's his name gets Ray gets benched for not doing it. Oh, I, I, I now I would only say this because I watch footage from that time period, but that what they were running were the type of set plays they would do. It's obviously the editing choices. They don't want to show it because right. But if then, you make possessions, that a- possessions would go two and a half minutes without a shot or something like that back then. Right. And but you if you make that, that a plot point, the plot point uh, of the agreed. four passes, you should see it. You should see it pay off. Otherwise, the whole town wants to fire him, right? And that makes sense too. That's the that's the my main problem is just like Jimmy coming back to play is the only thing that makes this team better. If you take what we see on the screen, yeah, I, the coach I, I, does not agree. do it, and I and, and think we don't. Some of the other guys got better, but you're right; they're not going to achieve. They would never have achieved that level of right, status right. without that. Yeah, it puts the emphasis on Jimmy instead of the emphasis on Coach. Okay, let's talk about Shooter. Oh, Shooter. Dennis Hopper. Nominated for an Oscar this year uh, for this role instead of his role in Blue Velvet, which Mm -hmm. annoyed him a little bit, which he's amazing in. No, never seen it. Uh, You know, again, it it is a hard story. The story of the alcoholic father... And the relationship with the oldest son, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's familiar, and you know, put that in small town America, and that is gonna hook the emotions. Well, and he had just stopped drinking prior to this role. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh, that, and actually, that, that informed that in character. They wanted him to be at the state championship game and stuff, and he's like, "Is my experience as a recovering alcoholic." you would not go to something like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that like informed that choice, which was great because that led to more of those in the hospital sequences, which I thought again was a little sub story that was really interesting. And I'd have to think as a kid, especially a, a child of the eighties, when you're watching movies, there weren't a ton of movies of these nostalgic movies where you're going to see a, a father son yeah. scene like you see between the two, mm-hmm. the two of them in yeah. particular, right before that state championship game and yeah. what that was like. Agreed. And that's interesting. Yeah. And, and, you know, I appreciated that it wasn't all success. You know, it, it felt realistic that, you know, the first time coach gets kicked out and, Shooter gets the the playbook and just kind of he can't turtles up can't, yeah. right and and I thought like that's realistic like he's not just gonna all gonna all of a sudden like again in. though through the magic of editing <clears throat> I think they did the coach another disservice here which is he tells Shooter if you are drunk you're done if I <laughs> and then they show him dunking sh- in the middle I of know. the run they show him dunking Scooter's head in the water and you're like you're going to allow that that guy to come back to the team I like think, I, yeah but I think that isn't like one of the interesting themes they hit on in yeah. this movie obviously which is like so much of it is about either regret or this idea of can you redeem yourself right. and I mean I mean at the center 
of it. I mean, we have to be very clear. And this is actually one of the things about this that I wonder if this film connects if you show it to younger people. Right. Does no. does this movie connect with younger people in the sense that we are not a society, I feel like, in the last four or five years that is as embracing of a redemption story. We've kind of trended more into a cancel yeah. thing. Like if it's like Gene Hackman's character did this cancel culture. Fuck no. This guy is never getting another job again. Right. Like forget hitting somebody. He could just tweet something and he's never. Yeah. So like for I think we grew up with these idea of redemption in this movie. Like all these people are trying to be redeemed. Like would Shooter ever be redeemed if he stumbled onto a court? Somebody had their camera phone no. and is recording that. See ya. Nobody cares about you. Like shamed, like viral yeah. video done. I mean, and there's some other things in this movie as well, but I just find that like to be an intriguing element of you're like part of what you're embracing about this is these they're all these people who are feeling they've had these challenges. Yeah. And even like, are we supposed to the one thing I find interesting, like do the parents and the adults of Hickory really redeem themselves? No, I, I don't think so. But we're no, showing they just them get on board the because end, cheering, they're yeah, because you know. they're winning. Well, and even in the town hall meeting, you see that we're like all. The, so they have voted that he is fired, which also the fact that the town is in charge of who the basketball well, coach is. That might really happen, right? to be fair. OK, so they vote him fired. Then Jimmy comes back and says, now I'm going to play, but only if coach stays. See, if you're so Jimmy, they do an just a, a verbal. There was there was a balloting system. Yeah. They yes, voted it. They voted him out. Then the assistant coach is like, no, we're just going to call an audible here. So like everybody like, are we are you good now? Because Jimmy's coming back. Everybody in. Yay. Anybody doesn't want him? Nay. Okay, coach is back. And there's a giant celebration. Coach is cheering. 30 seconds ago, they all voted you out. The only thing that shifted is that now Jimmy's going to play ball. Well, and that's all they care about. <laughs> yeah. But again, like he's totally immersed yeah, but, in the celebration. But like, that's so, oh, we're all but that's in this what's together. so interesting, right? About this movie. Like, and it's the nostalgia, but people want. You're just kind of like, OK, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it's the speed of this movie again. Yeah, it maybe is. We're, you're never dwelling on anything too long and it invokes in you an emotion where you're like, I, I kind of like this. You know, I, mm -hmm. I I'm not going to spend a lot of it's almost like a really good action movie. Right. I'm, I'm of course, like this would never happen and this could never happen. But the action scene is awesome. I'm into it. I'm willing to do it. And at the end, you know, of course, they're going to win. But you feel good. And and, and um, there is, I also like in the sense, which is rare with the sports movie, there's no villain. You know, yeah. there's no team you have to hate. Like in that state championship game, there's no reason to dislike that other team. You know, it's no. just like, in fact, actually, they're kind of complimentary, right? Like Gene Hackman's like, these guys are really good. Like you see their coaches, they're smiling, they're laughing. The coaches are hugging at the end of the game and all that type of stuff. And that's like intriguing because and maybe that was. I don't know. Used I, to I, the Yankees in uh, Major League. Yeah. Or, you know, just like <laughs> well, you have right? that one team. Yeah. That's yeah. Like being that are bad physical yeah. right. that are that are that. Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah, and so he got the, that a little bit, but as, not there's some bad before guys. We move, no, what I'm saying they didn't do that with the state yeah, championship yeah, team. No, like you liked the other team. Yeah. Yes. Before we move on from the redemption piece, because I think that is sort of the key here. Brian, when you were younger watching this in the time when you found this nostalgic, did you pick up on the fact that the moment the coach is redeemed is when he pulls what's his name off the court when his stitches are pulled? Because I, I have not watched this movie in probably a long time. And I think this is the first time I really connected yes. the dots on I, no, like that. I, I never would have. I think you, right. as a younger person, watch this because it's all, you know, you yeah. get caught up, swept up in it. No. And that's, I think, why I'm in, in some ways with this movie more impressed mm -hmm. than some of our other rewatches of films that we used to watch. Not even just the last few that we watched like that piece intrigued me. And like, I think the Gene Hackman character and I really can't. Jack Nicholson was apparently going to do this role. And then he had to bow out. And I, I really couldn't see that. Like to me, Hackman, play, I can believe Hackman, who was an absolute prick on this set. Well, he the, complete, the, yeah, like Norman Dale's a prick. Like he's, he's he not is. a good guy. No, but I think he's getting better. And, and yeah. that's I have to be honest with you, like watching it this time. I was impressed with how Gene Hackman played that because you're probably never going to be an amazing person if you were the person that his character was supposed to be, let's say, 15 or 20 years before that. Right. You're never going to become like a saint or something like that. You're probably there's not only in the 50s be, without serious yeah, help. Yeah, uh, exactly. So you're only going to to move. So I think he was trending towards trying to be a better person. Right. But he he still has some of that in him like that like darker side of him in it i thought hackman played that well but you're right jim like that clicked for me this time like when he's and and i was actually more impressed with the writing like how they set that up like that monologue he has with barbara yeah. hirsch and he's like listen i would have done anything, anything. Yeah. i would have you know, like i didn't care i didn't do anything and you see that change in him and i think it's a subtle thing that i never would have picked up on as a kid that i was like more impressed with some of the performances this time than I thought I would have been, honestly. Can we talk about Barbara Hershey's hair? <laughs> well, let's tie that with the kiss, which oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that might be one of the worst on-screen kisses that is not supposed to be a joke ever committed to is film. Is that how it feels when you watch your parents have like a passionate French kiss? Well, he grabs Probably. both of her shoulders and is like, yeah. oh. <laughs> well, is, yeah. she, doesn't she say something like, I haven't done this in a long time or yeah. something like that? Yeah, and he so says, weird. like, neither yeah, have so I. That, like, yeah, but it's that clear. Was, That's yeah. clear. <laughs> and that was, I guess, one of the major cuts yeah. of the film. Like The that rest just, of the well, kiss? Well, that no, that whole like where that kiss the foreplay a better job of getting to the kiss, to yeah. Yeah. yeah, where Which, that kiss is. It, it is very from. strange. But the 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 other thing is that, that the conversation they have prior to the kiss happens twice in the movie, and it must be an editing issue. Yes, yes, because it happens twice in the movie, and both times the characters are experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's where she weird. she brings up the article. Yep, early in the movie. And I see to me, well, I just wondered if she was reading it. No, yeah, no, I that's I, I yeah. can see where there's a weirdness to I, that. I, but I do I understand felt, that. I felt like that was her trying to push their relationship further yeah. and be like, the you never explained this felt to me. A little too much because she's very guarded. She oh, is yeah. like 
chastity bodysuit shut barn down. coat jeans yeah, and like, shit I on mean, them. like she is not letting anyone yeah. in. Like Jimmy is the only one allowed in. And is he even really in? Is he even a real person? Did we imagine him in? Okay, so here's the other other weirdness there, right? She tells us that they, that she looks after him like a mom. Yeah, he lives next door. We never see them interact. And then when he's walking down the aisle of the town hall, she like holds on to It's almost like a prequel to The Sixth Sense. It's so weird. But you know what? I am thankful that none of that was in the movie. I could say, like, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of glad. I guess so. But then, just, it, again, like, it, makes eh, the, it makes the Jimmy role, the again, part... weirder. But hold on. The hair. I'm so sorry. Well, I do want to talk about the hair. Yeah. But her crying at the town hall meeting. So, like, yeah. is she crying because she's about to be the one that puts the this... nail in the coffin? Because she's, like... Opening the article as she yes. heads up to that microphone, she, was she is opening article. that article yes. and she is weeping. Yeah. She the is article, she the weeping. Votes, right? No, no, no. She's going to read she the, article the article to affect the right. vote, and he's sitting there watching, knowing that that's what's about to happen. You see, but that's where and then I she feel decides like, not to. Katie, that's where I feel like there was all these scenes they probably cut. That yeah, there was more. That was weird. That was weird. I don't believe her weeping in front of the town. At the again, I'm assuming at the notion that he's going to be kicked out, but then simultaneously, like bringing the article up to the microphone to read. That was an odd pairing. Well, one of the other things I thought was besides the hair that was outdated, right, is like the acceptance of like what makes a good coach or why this might connect with people. Like, I think growing up, you could see, and I started to think about the different coaches we've seen in movies. So you have like, so you have Norman Dale, you have uh, Jimmy Dugan uh, Mm -hmm. from a league around similar time periods, right. Mm -hmm. Similar, like gruffy exteriors, Mm -hmm. you know, of that time period, which we would have all seen and been, I think, you at least are kind of drawn. You're like, oh, Gene Hackman and Hoosiers or Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. And they're, I don't think things that maybe younger people would connect with in style no. because you get to like the late 90s, early 2000s and you see Bud Kilmer in um, Varsity Blues and how much, who's clearly the villain, right? Clearly yeah, yeah. the villain in that film. And how much is there a deviation from Bud Kilmer to what we're seeing in other films where we would have grown up in coaches and said, Oh yeah, like that's something we would respond to. And you already see people, you know, just several years younger to us saying that's not okay. So that's interesting because that is something I've wondered as, as a female athlete of like, what's the, I'm sure there's a huge difference between even the way that male coaches treat female teams versus, and I'm, I don't there want to say it's manipulation it. just different ways. No, no, I think there's a lot more yelling. There is, I think there's a lot there more a, yelling there, there di- with male coaches and male teams. But I would say though, that I think, I think the end result is the same, but they go about it differently mm-hmm. because of the way that people respond, the way the differences in the way that female athletes and male athletes respond. Right. Um, what I think we're start, what most folks have started to learn is that 
in the last 20 years or so, I think coaching has changed from being like, I'm a general and you're going to do every goddamn thing I say. Which is exactly what this coach right, says. To right? being to being a, just another member of the team yeah. with a specific job, right? And so, like, the relationships between the player and coach is less of... At least, at least I'm. I, I feel like that's the way coaching is trending. Brian would be much more appropriate to talk about this, but it's not. It's not a. There are certain non-negotiables where the coach is like, "This is what we're doing," and you do it. But the way that you, the way that you go about that is is not just a, a drill sergeant kind of like screaming and yelling anymore. Yeah, it it doesn't work. As I'm reading in my current reading, and it shouldn't work. Century basketball practice, which I'm currently reading. Uh, But it, but it, it's, but I found like that intriguing. You know, they call it almost like this classical model, right? Where you are that general, like Jim is saying, and that, and like that piece to me watching this time, where I played for people like that. You know, so I would even say like when I was beginning to coach was much more mm. like that. This is very and then the transition of that. And that's why I'm like, is this a movie I would say to like if I had my team and said, hey, let's watch this movie. You know, obviously, when I was in high school, you'd watch Hoosiers that would get you fired up. I'm not sure. Like there's some aspects of Hoosiers that is still the same that they capture brilliantly like that gym even though they're in, you know, the dated attire and all those types of things, that is the feeling and the vibe you still get in like a small town bat. You go into the game. Like, I feel like they capture that aspect. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. The backseat driving the, uh, the, I mean, what Barbara Hershey says about like, why, why would I want one of my students to just go off on a sports scholarship? Like, like that, like that's all they have to live for. Like the, these are those people. <laughs> like, but you're not, but uh, what you're not going to get, I don't think is, and it's, it, and I think the one difference is this, like, and the movie doesn't show this. And this is where I think it's a major difference today. Like Gene Hackman is yelling at these guys and it's not that you can't yell or be stern, but you have to put in a lot of work to so, be able to be like for, that. Whereas the trust, when we were growing absolutely. up, if somebody was just like, you idiot, you're going to you run. Just like every coach could do that because you're like, I'm not going to question this yeah. at all. And that's but one you of the things to, I yeah. think but it's, gets missed today. That you could still be hard the, on people. The absolute and stuff. Um, you have, you trust just can't, and authority. Yes. Yeah. That's you what's ultimately changed. You can't assume not, well, that you're going to be, uh, you can't assume that you're going to be able to be a dictator. Teachers. Right. No, no. But what I'm saying is that like 100%, but the other thing is that those kinds of coaches just started to not be successful. Mm. So like, that's the other part of this is that like the, what, what folks found is that not being that type of coach and finding another way and a deeper way to connect with your players and a deeper way to gain their trust is to like show them why you're, why you're teaching them to do what they're doing, why that's beneficial to them, why they're going to be better players because of it, not just do this. Cause I say it. And yeah. that's well, it. I, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. And, I just, but I think I that's a direct. Can we just say this is a direct reflection of yeah. who's the big coach 
show, movie, whoever, who's the figure that everybody's gravitating towards in pop culture now? I just the Ted coach Lasso. is Ted Lasso. Well, yes, but but I think what you're noticing is more a generational shift in the relationship between older and younger generations. Yeah, it's not just a coach; it's that coaching is a reflection of what's happening in a broader sense and you're You're going to see the same thing in classrooms you're going to see the same thing again in neighborhoods where you no longer have this idea of like somebody in a position of power is telling you what to do and you better do it well and that's that has shifted and i also think it's it's an interesting dynamic that i mean obviously isn't going to play out in a movie and stuff like that but as a coach you become better for that because that like you can't just you used to be able to say, I'm telling you to do this and you're going to do it. And yeah. right. And now somebody would say, well, why am I going to do that? And he, here's the reality of the situation. If you can, it only takes one or two times where you can explain it. If you're like, listen, Jim, this is what you're doing. I know you want to do this. This is what you're doing. And you're just going to do it. Whereas 20 years ago, Jim just would have known I have to do it or I'm not going to play. And if I answer Jim and explain why he's going to do it, it only takes a few times. And then Jim's going to be like, you absolutely. know what? I'm just going to do what he's saying because he explained it to me. Whereas 20 again, years ago, you wouldn't never been I, able I, to explain I would it. still say like that is ex- that is existing across society and not just in the realm of coaching. Oh, oh yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah. that. Agree, Nobody's, agree. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it so does true. come down to this weird thing and I don't want to get too much into it, but this whole like in my day, we respected our elders kind of situation. And I think if history has kind of taught us anything, it's, we don't need to, we, it's fine to be, it, it's okay to be polite to our elders that have not wronged us in any way. Be polite, right? And be kind. Well, yes. But they don't, they need to earn respect because there have been too many transgressions over the years to the point where no, I, I would never tell my children to just blindly listen to someone that hasn't earned well, their respect. So that's the thing that has shifted is yeah. that now there there has been There's too many bad coaches. So, well, it's again, it's yeah. not just coaches. There's been so much abuse of power right. across the board right. that then you have parents raising children in that way, mm-hmm. saying like I know what happened to me. I don't want that to happen to my kid. Yeah. It's interesting to me like we've talked about this before but so you have the movie, you have to just convey this like that Gene Hackman is this person, right? Because we're not seeing it. That might get respect. And I think he's able to do that. And we talked a little bit about that with like Michael B. Jordan um, with David when he was on with without remorse. Like part of my issue was that is like you got Michael B. Jordan, like we're willing to give you certain things like you don't have to show us certain things because it's Michael B. Jordan. And like, no, we're down with him being that type of character. Gene Hackman was able to do that. And it, Gene Hackman's interesting to me because he's one of those guys. I find it hard to find a comparable to him today. You know, like like there are other actors. You're like, oh, this guy's kind of like Kevin Costner was it when he was in this prime. Gene Hackman was doing so many different things. I I I really feel like we saw him in Tenenbaums and stuff. And the conversation, it, like I miss him or somebody like him. There's this edge to him in everything he does, where he's not quite likable. But he's just likable enough mm. that you're willing to get through a movie. And I and I struggle to think of somebody I think like Goodman could be like that a little bit. Do you? Mm. Yeah. 
as a support. West but I'm wing. talking about I'm, I'm thinking about somebody like who carries that. I mean, yeah. this was I mean, he was like one of the a number one box yeah. office guys. And I like I to me, what's interesting yeah. to me is we've just come out of this trend of the antihero realm. You would think that there would be a lot of actors like that we would th- be able to think of. I do want to just come back to to me, the highlight of his coach moments, um, because I do think watching it, you know, in t- today's climate, um, there are cringy moments where he is screaming at the kids and it doesn't feel great. But there are also some beautiful moments between him and his team. Um, number one, the, the kid that prays all the time. I love that. God wants you out there. I, I love it. And then the kids, he's hitting every shot. He's hitting every shot. No, I, my, he prays for the kid who's going to, what's Ollie? Uh, Ollie's going to go. Him, yeah, he's like, make it a good one. Make it a yeah. good one. I, I love, love that. There are little moments that Gene Hackman throws in that I'm almost positive were improvised. Oh, maybe. The second one, I love, uh, to me, one of the most authentic moments in this film is when he just gives a look to the guy who gets Foul. He he gets his his technical. What no? Oh, he gets gum. his fifth foul. Right? Yeah, he fouls fifth out. Foul, he fouls out. And he just gives him a look. It's a real important part of the the game, right? Like this is not ideal. And the guy says, you know, it was dentine. Dentine. Because well, his you know instruction what? was to get so close to his man. If he was chewing gum. We know what flavor. But, he is. Yeah. Do you know what? But Katie, the look think, Hackman gives him is perfect. Yeah. But I think that's perfect. The, like the best point is, and this is one of those things like you coach. People like the window when you see the coach, like this was a big thing with Michigan State. Tom Izzo, who's like a Hall of Fame coach, he's a yeller, but not he just loud and waves his arms around and stuff. And people were trying to cancel him and say, you're yelling at kids. And and everyone his players like we all graduate. He talks to us every day. Like, yeah. you see, they, like, but I always find that interesting as a coach, like the window most people yeah. will see you is like 32 minute game when you're you nobody knows, yeah. like in practices in the locker room. Yeah. yeah. And I, especially in a modern connection, I think Jim's right. Nobody's letting you yell. No, at, no. And like that, unless you're somebody who has put in some serious. So it's work interesting. To get, like respect. We had that. our first insight into the swim team verse this year because <laughs> ne- neither of us are swimmers, um, but our our kids really like it. So I got to see the you know the parents are there for like daily swim team practice. And coach is a yeller. Well, you have to yell and swim because it's I loud mean, in the pool. It's beyond like yeah. I need to amplify my voice, yeah. right? Like screaming at kids. And so talking to the parents, they were like, you know, they trust her completely. They know she loves them. And so I don't know. Somehow it works. Yeah. Like they don't feel bad about themselves. They just feel motivated. And I was like, this is so fascinating. Yeah, well, I have, I <laughs> have been known to yell. I, yeah. I, will I mean, admit, this is like seven year old kids, Brian. I, <laughs> although the one time <laughs> Brian was kicked out of a game, it was for something I did, I think. Uh, yes, that was true. We, we were coaching. We were coaching coaches. a little league game. Jim, Brian Jim got kicked out. Brian, got, Brian got ejected. I need more wine for this. I, I, so the other Gene Hackman moment that I love, Brian, is after the game where Ollie hits the shot, the foul shots. Yes. And the, the press is all in the practice room, and they're they're interviewing everyone prior yeah. to the state championship game. And Ollie's being interviewed, and they're like, "Did you know you were gonna make?" It? He's like, "Oh yeah, I knew it was. I knew I had them both." And coach, he's walking by. He's like, "Really?" 
<laughs> like just like really like you're gonna say that to the to the press right now so good well i also thought and i don't know if this was a subplot or anything but like they were like are you gonna coach are you gonna stay next season are you gonna be like that to me was weird because i never got this vibe at all like the one thing i liked about like the re redemption aspect of this is it did feel like this is someone and, and hackman played this really well who's whose whole life was basketball. Like he clearly the way he went about it probably yeah, was not yeah. right, but to have lost that for, he said like 12 years or whatever it is. And to get that back, like I, yeah, I yeah. Feel I 100%. That was an interesting um, element of it. Is there anything else that we, I like think we did this did movie, this, this I have to say, in the eighties, which can be very shaky about a lot of things. Now, this is still fun. Yeah. This is, is one. So I fun will, watch. This is one I will show my kids. You know, it, it's not a perfect film by any means, but it just can, it connects where, well, let me ask this question before we go. Where does this rank in the pantheon of sports movies. Oh, dear Lord. That, this guys. could be a whole other episode. It's pretty high for me because there aren't... I've said before on, on the podcast that for the most part, I hate sports movies because I think they are garbage at showing what the sport is, what is, what like the heart of the sport is in most cases. But things that we were throwing out in the chat, like I, I think the best sports movie of all time is Rocky. And it's hard to 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 fight that. It's right. I mean, it was an Academy Award winner. Um, it's pretty. It's an underdog story. It's got. It's an underdog story where the guy loses in the end, and everyone yes. still loves it. Yes, agreed. It's yeah, and and so but like yeah. In our family, however, we a league love of their own, a league of their own, and Sandlot. I think yeah, I think Sandlot's a good one. I think baseball is an easier job. Like I think of it's, Sandlot, yeah. Field of Dreams, League of Their Own. It's interesting. Bull Durham. I was I saying just to Jim, you know, the, the pacing of basketball, it does make for such a different movie. Like when we were talking yeah. about the montages, like it's, I mean, it's frantic. You can, you can force it. But it's hard to show a baseball movie in, I mean, a baseball game in that short of a span of time and convey the same amount of excitement that you get. Oh, I totally disagree for the in a basketball game. I totally disagree for the exact same reason, uh -huh. which is that in a baseball movie, you can slow down moments without slow motion. Yes. And make agree. them tense. Meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I listen. I, this is one I, I, I genuinely was happy not to be disappointed. Disappointed by, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Agreed. know which, which doesn't always happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we show. watched Three Amigos last yeah. week. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. So, hey, commenters, if you haven't watched Hoosiers recently, take a little rewatch and drink a Hoosier while you're at it. One question about delicious. about Norman Dale. Does anyone else feel like he's just a Horrible coach from, name. from the mid-80s in a time machine back? Like, there is nothing about him that feels 1951. Like, hmm. the way he carries himself, like, the way he... Like, Gene Hackman is just Gene Hackman. 
Yes. Well, I think and, that might just be Gene Hackman. But like Gene everyone Hackman. else is very period specific. Maybe not Barbara Hershey. No, but I I don't disagree. I think you could have put Norman Dale in 1980, 1970. Yeah, he, right. he would have Literally, I don't think he looked exactly the same. Him a big collar Man, or something. He was such a jerk to the... the see this is where he goes tony soprano yeah because from the very beginning you're like you're an asshole yeah when he walks out of the why would you leave even go the to the barber shop leave the ball behind why would you even go to the barber shop for that conversation oh. if you didn't want to have it like yeah he's the way he feels like he has the, yeah listen i but i actually coach but i actually like that for the character again yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah, that yeah, made yeah, yeah. he's supposed to be a jerk. believable yeah. 100%. for what he is yeah. uh all right king of the hill bottom of the barrel uh this is not no, um, it's right in the middle. middle solid, good, solid middle of the movie. Yep. Right down the lane. Rookie just keeps. Yep, it's, it's going to win an award for something. Yep. <laughs> Not for best. All right, going to get a Razzie. Time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. Don't do that, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Why, Jim? Could be metal. Why, Jim? Why? That's two questions. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. It's time for five questions. I will be answering yep. five questions. Tonight. So five questions for Brian. Thumbs up or thumbs down on basketball video games? Uh, I rarely play video games, as we know. Mm-hmm. I used to love uh, the college basketball video game, though. In college, I would play it all the time. And then uh, they stopped doing it because they realized they would actually have to pay college athletes. <laughs> The schools couldn't keep all the money for themselves. Uh, but now, since I think college athletes can rightfully get paid, they're coming back. So I will buy a college video basketball. The NBA games hold little to no interest to me. Though. It's funny. Like, I I always felt like the video games, sports video games were not interesting at all, except the ones that got ridiculous. Do you remember, like, Arch Rivals, the the basketball game where yes. you could, like, punch the, punch the players and stuff yes. like that? I also loved uh, NBA Jam. Yeah, that would seemed be like one. two yes. on two, okay. right? Yeah, yes. yeah. that that was ridiculous fun. stuff. There's, do you know what it is? It's like in Madden, it just got, it got to the point where it was so technical, it just became yeah. not fun. Um, okay, would you rather dribble off your leg or miss an underhand Ooh. foul shot in front of twenty thousand people? Ooh. All right, so in both scenarios, there's twenty thousand people in both. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and this is this is for those listening. This is what happens to Ollie. Uh, in the movie yeah i i it has to be dribble off your leg because yeah. i feel like you could be like oh this guy's a really good defender like totally all this type of stuff yeah here's the thing like one of the things about coaching that never changes we were talking about like what's the old like a free throw is legitimately a free shot you ch- can just practice it like if you're good it doesn't, it's just muscle memory. If you have the desire to do it, well, like at least, you know, in a in normal game. Yes. I am going to dribble off my leg because I can be like, oh, that guy was a really good defender. My bad. Missing a free airballing a free throw. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, airballing. It is pretty bad, but like it, it, there is the, for people that say that that's like an easy free shot. Th- None of most of those people haven't stood on a free throw line with everybody looking at you. Uh, agreed, but yeah. they're, they're, but you still people yeah. should be a lot better at it. To- totally agree. <laughs> um, number three, the best Dennis Hopper movie is okay. 
my favorite Dennis Hopper well, favorites next. This is best. Is West uh, is Waterworld. Ah, <laughs> shut up. No, he's amazing in speed. His bet probably oh, yeah. his best movie that I really like him in is Blue Velvet. David Lynch's Blue Velvet, and he he, he is creepy as shit in that. But okay. I mean, amazing. Uh, my favorite uh, performance is not a movie. It is a TV show where he was Victor Drazen in season one of Twenty Four, mm-hmm. the, the final third of the season. I was shocked at the amount of awful movies. Dennis. Hopper. Yeah, he's been in some bad movies like really crazy bad movies that he's been in. But I like speed is a really good movie that like I remember thinking speed at the time, like when it first came in, I was like, it was OK. And then I remember rewatching it like 10 years later and I was like, no, this is still pretty good. I'd be interested to see how that holds up yeah. and water world. He's just crazy, but I kind of appreciate crazy tennis. I mean, everybody will say easy rider and stuff like that, but see him in blue velvet. Yeah. Number four favorite. Who's your favorite basketball player of all time. So I read this question. And I realized I don't have one, which yeah, is tough. really, it's really weird. Like if you ask me other sports, I could probably tell you my favorite players of all time. Um, yeah, I, all right, yeah, I, and is it is it the kind of situation like I have with music where people are like, "Who is your favorite?" I mean, band I of all time. Of, it's like, well, what and what? Like, do you have a favorite center? Do you have a favorite guard? A favorite I mean, I forward? Kind of, here's the thing: I don't at the professional level. I kind of watch the Celtics because I like I liked Brad Stevens, but they're not my favorite team. I liked watching the Sixers when mm-hmm. Allen Iverson was there and stuff. Um, so I think I've never watched it from like a. a like a fan, like, oh my God, I love that player. I love Syracuse basketball. So I guess like I would watch all those games. So whoever was the best player those years. So like growing up, that was like Derek Coleman, mm-hmm. Billy Owens, who I got to meet when I was a counselor at Mermaid Country Day Camp because his kids went to uh Mermaid. Oh my God, I uh, remember someone having the Derek Coleman rookie card in number in grade four. Mugsy Bogues. Um, Mugsy Bogues. Time, That's your favorite. Uh, so probably those so Syracuse little. guys. Uh, the person who intrigues me the most, who I watched, but I was never old enough to watch him, was Pete Maravich, who was yeah. amazing if you ever want to watch clips. But he went crazy and was literally wearing a tinfoil hat, oh. which was sad. All right, deep thoughts. If I punched a kid, hmm. would you give me a job where I would be in close proximity to kids? Hmm. Um, if I was a Texas football coach that could guarantee wins, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> Uh, you you know that Brian would justify that for you because you're his person. I I have a redemption story. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, in no, not in a modern time period. I, back then, I mean, absolutely. Come on. I mean, like, I mean, even, I even feel like she had to go to the library to get that article. Like the internet. The reality is, I think even though it's becoming more borderline now, I think depending on where you were, you, you might get you might get another chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. You, oh, yeah. You might, not, maybe not at the high school level. If it's pros or college, where it's you're about just money, punching another adult. You'll, you will actually get money. Um, I did think it was interesting that they didn't at all explain or justify that act. Like they just kind of let it be. He, well, I think that just, again, there's a lot of inference in this movie, and mm-hmm. that one, that one to me is a short walk, which is like, 
He was to do anything and he snapped. And yeah, like Ray. Like Ray didn't listen to him, got benched, and that in an that earth- was probably growth for him. He would right. punch the other. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Like he was a nut job. Yeah. All right. That's five questions. All right. All right. Recommendations. Is anybody watching? Listening? Oh, yeah. God, we can't wait to watch Ted Lasso. We haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So the good. other the other thing that I watched. If you are looking for a, a hard rated R cartoon, like in the in the vein of South and, Park, and who is not? Yeah, Big Mouth on Netflix. I'm late to the party. I think there's three seasons. It is hilarious. It's Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and Jordan Peele and every is Sudeikis like, in that. Uh, I don't think he is, but there's random people show up, like the voices of Kristen Bell and and everybody. It is so inappropriate, but it is also filled with a ton of heart. It's about uh, older middle school kids going through puberty and all the craziness that ensues around that situation. It is hilarious. Mm. Jason Manzoukas plays like the... Oh, that's... Yes, that's who I... He yeah. plays one of the other classmates who has older brothers, so he knows like... He thinks he knows like all the sexual stuff. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> Katie. It's great. Um, yeah, my recommendation this week is uh, self care. Hey, commenters, do something that feels good for you, that brings yeah. you joy. Just, there you go. Love yep, it. That's it. Like, like listening to one of our back like episodes. Listening to perhaps, majors. Perhaps you could listen I to one also... of my recommendations for this week. Go back and listen to our episode on Jaws, which I there just watched. Buy it on 4K, amazing restoration. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps you could go back and listen to our episodes on Raiders of the Lost Ark. I also received the 4K special edition set. The restoration of that film. Amazing. Wonderful. Uh, Also, Enemy at the Gates, Kyle Mills, Vince Flynn, Mitch Rapp. Katie loves it all. I love all the names. even read a book. I love all the names. Uh, And my criterion pick is actually a Gene Hackman film from the neo-noir section, Night Moves. All right. Commenters, I hope you're having a fabulous day. Taking taking a little walk, taking a little drive, mm-hmm. cooking some uh, food, whatever you do when you listen to us. We are doing our own self-care. Mm-hmm. We are going on vacation. Summer vacation. Com majors vacation. And you might major say, vacation. You've been on lots of major vacations. Major and vacation. Guess what, people? Lots of free episodes. You've had 154 free episodes in three years. I know you haven't listened to them all. Go back uh, no, and listen. No, you haven't. Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen. Take a dive. And enjoy. Or you could go over if you're not already listening. We have a full season of the shit show, our Shits Creek podcast that you can listen to in the time. It's a gift. It's a gift. And for we you. are going to be back in September with sequel season two. September. Sequel oh. September. I was going to say season two of shit show and sequel and September. Yeah. There's much September, to look forward to. So much to look forward to. Otherwise, uh, don't go to the beach because sand sucks. Oh. Side note, Mike, the host of No Limits, a Mitch uh, rap podcast, mm-hmm. also hates sand and has been posting on social media about his hating of sand. It's course, Weird. it gets everywhere. Yes, Weird. I felt immediately You guys are meant to be to, friends. Yes, you, yeah, him, and Anakin Skywalker. Yes, well done. We, we hate sand. Um, but we All will right. see you in the fall. A major fa- farewell. Enjoy your August, and we'll see you in September. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. commenters. Bye.